Hi, my name is Ozzy Jorg. I'm the host of Ozbuzz, where we have uh, the privilege of chatting with the movers and shakers in and around the real estate industry in Canada. And today, we are blessed to have with us the real leaders in the mortgage industry. We have Mr. Mark Squire, the Chief Executive Officer and President of Verico, and Jared Dreyer, who's the Senior Vice President of Corporate Relations of Verico. And they're running one of the largest, most respected networks of the mortgage brokerage business in Canada. I mean, imagine 35,000 families got a mortgage through your broker network and some $20 billion was sent out. Now, what I know Verico is there since 2005. Now, in the last 19 years, what sort of was the key of, of its success? I, Ozzy, I appreciate, first of all, having Mark and I on very much, and we appreciate doing this. Um, but I would definitely say starting off, it's our members, right? Our members did all the numbers that you put together, and our membership is really taking advantage. And it's our members of our network that really uh, excel and really put it forward and provide great customer service and then on a continued basis. And we have a long tenure of our members that have done that. And so I think that's part of the real secret of success. And Mark, I know you have a couple of comments as well on that too. Yeah, well, to, to Jared's point. So yeah, uh, Verico was was founded back in 2005, actually by by Jared's father and a business partner, mm -hmm. kind of with uh, one single, you know, um, desire in mind is bring together entrepreneurs that wanted to run their own business. And that's what Verico is all about. And, and it's just, it's continued to grow over those last 19 years. So it really is about, about our members. And uh, we've got a really strong group of, uh, of members. So Really well, it's it's such a business that is so relationship oriented. You know, they, you have to not just have the numbers, but you got to feel what the family's needs are and what are the kids are needed and what's the future. I mean, so what kind of a members do you look to attract? Well, what kind of members join Verico? Well, they truly are entrepreneurs. So first of all, they're we don't typically attract. Um, you know, when when someone becomes a mortgage agent or mortgage or initially a mortgage broker, we don't tend to attract uh, people that are just starting out. We attract people that have been in business for a period of time, have gotten their their feet wet, maybe somewhere else. We always use the line, "We're not a Verico's not a stepping stone; we're a destination." It's where you know mortgage brokers kind of over time decide they want to run their own business, they want to put their own stamp on it. And that's that's where Verico fits well. So with Verico, we we allow the brokers to be in business for themselves, but not by themselves. And what we mean by that is we offer a number of of products and solutions, whether it be technology and ancillary products that they can take advantage of um, or not. Right. So everything is kind of a la carte, and but we we provide all those tools. Plus, we provide support through, we have uh, uh, RVPs out in the field that will provide, you know, ongoing training and, uh, you know, access to the leadership team, such as Jared. Jared has uh, been a broker, so he's got that experience. I've been on the lender side uh, most of my career, so we bring a really nice uh, balance to, to augment and support the membership. Yeah, I like that uh, that comment about you, you don't work by yourself, you're working together with a group, you know, you, you may be by yourself, but you're not 
uh, alone, right? So you have all the backup uh, things. The other thing is you have experience. I know that Jared was not just very, very active in the Vericon network, but he's also been a, uh, you know, a past chair of CMABC and the Mortgage Professionals of Canada. So you, it's great to pick up the phone and talk to somebody who's been there and really can tackle most of the questions that that that, that arrive at. Now, one of the most uh, exciting questions I'm going to be uh, be asking that everybody is asking of a mortgage professional is there have been so many changes in the mortgage uh, rates over the last 18 months. How has that impacted the market? Well, it's definitely impacted Aussie. It's impacted all of us, right? You know, I think for the marketplace, it's gone on there. And, you know, I think, you know, the, the rate increases have gone so fast and so quickly and, and you know, um, that also in addition with the rate increases, also the stress test. And I think that's a lot of people still understand that. And that's really affected the marketplace. So whatever the contract rate that it is. So if you're getting, let's say, a rate at five and a half or six percent that was there there at two percent onto that, you have to qualify at seven and a half, eight percent. And of course, we know what house prices are currently in, in sort of Greater Vancouver and Toronto. So it does require a lot of income and limit people out of the marketplace on there, right? But thankfully, that stress test was in place for a long time. And when it was at 5.25, and it did, I think, weather the storm that we've had on here. So I think, you know, from our perspective, the marketplace has just changed the amount of buyers that are in there and the amount of people that can qualify uh, to get a mortgage. Yeah. Go ahead. So, so ab absolutely. So I agree with all that. Uh, but at the end of the day, there are still there's still houses being sold and still, you know, people doing stuff. Right. So so the market has definitely slowed down. We we've seen it slow down this past year. Um, Verico itself, um, you know, kind of the sum of the parts as far as all our offices, we we are down uh, year over year, but there's still business being done. Right. And, uh, you know, we're very um optimistic as to to the future and and what that holds and i'm sure we'll we'll chat about that as as we get into the conversation but yeah we're still there is still business out there we've seen our our members shift right because the what the clients need and and what they qualify for so they may have had did more business with uh some of our our a lenders our schedule a banks and we're seeing that shift a little bit Aussie to um, to near prime lenders and and even to the private space into the institutional private. Well, that's why you need a broker, right? He takes a look at you and he says, Aussie, nice guy, but your credit rating is on the lower scale, so we're going to have to move you to a different broker. I mean, it's, yes, sales are down across the country. I mean, uh, Mark, you in Ontario and Jared, you in BC. It is not that different. I think the Vancouver market is. At below at 30% below its 10-year average in sales. But mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that 70% is still selling. And so our job and your job is to get your clients into the 70% that sell. And that's why you have all those instruments. It's not just the banks, because the banks in many cases, they're nice looking and they have nice looking windows, but the rate in the window is not your friend. You know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and it is, it is, go ahead, Marco. Yeah, no, just and that's the the value the broker brings, right, Ozzy, is that they can talk with the client, understand the client's needs and their credit profile, and then determine where they're best suited, whether or not it is with TD or Scotia or uh, soon to be Bank of Montreal or National Bank, or is it with Home Trust or Equitable Bank, right? And that's that's the value the broker brings is the they work with multiple lenders and they can um, place 
the the consumer where it's best for that consumer based on their credit makeup. And I was going to say too, I think like a lot of the, the, the everyone's had to look the mortgage broker and the, even the realtor of the industries have to have got more resilient, you know, and I think that's sort of when we go through this and having experience on your tenure, um, you know, you have to change what your daily habits are. And I think that's one of the things that has the benefit of the professionalism of the mortgage broker is they're looking at how we can help our clients in different ways. What can we do to help our referral partners and look at all different options to bring out better techniques to help people, you know, and provide better customer service. And so that's when you have a bit of a slow time, you can really look at your business and evaluate it there and to be better. So when it does change around and hopefully we, interest rates do change, <laughs> come down lower, that there's going to be maybe more opportunity, but you're better equipped to service your customers. I think Mark made the point that it wasn't just the rates, but the speed at which rates increased. That was the dramatic change that we had to face. But, you know, I, I sometimes think these kind of markets are opportunity. I'm an old real estate branch manager from yesteryear. But one thing was for sure, I rather worked in a tough market. And the agent that survived in that tough market, they would be in the industry forever, right? Whereas the guy or girl that came and just wanted to drive as fast as they could with their full price offer, you know, that wasn't really uh, beneficial to everybody. So today, it, I, I again, I'm I'm of the old school. I'm not all email and I'm it's all has its place in social media, but in the end, you got to pick up the phone. And that's what mm -hmm. I found when some when I talk to some of the American brokers, they're always talking about who they just talk to. When you talk to somebody, even if you just make a phone call, it's funny, my one of my broke boat brokers called me out of the blue. I hadn't talked to him for two or three years. And I know what he's doing is looking at his holodex, you know. But the people that work they get the business that the 70% has, has gone to. And, and as you said, it's probably going to go up much higher. So do you, do you experience more or less consumers that are using a mortgage broker than in the past? Absolutely. We're seeing the percentage of consumers um, gravitating towards mortgage brokers in increasing, for sure. Um, we have the highest percentage in throughout Canada, the highest percentage is in, in BC. Um, and that's kind of where the broker industry started and it actually mo moved uh, its way east. And we're also seeing the younger demographics uh, gravitate a bit more towards brokers. But that said, it, um, you know, getting credit financing is, is more complicated than it used to be, Ozzy. You know, what, uh, what makes up the family income is different than it, it, used to be there's a lot of business for self there could be some foreign income there might be some rental income um so there's there's a lot more complexity and then you you layer on uh regulatory changes so yeah. a, a mortgage broker or agent they're a subject matter expert right that's what they it's it's like going to the doctor you go to the gp or you go you go to the specialist and the the mortgage broker really is a specialist they they understand mm -hmm. the the credit um, aspect as well as you know understanding one of the things is for them to to know the all the lenders you know what their guidelines are and what they look for and then they kind of match the the two up so yeah we're we are seeing you know there was there was conversation like five years ago oh well the broker industry will it will it cease to exist down the road the broker industry is stronger now than it's ever been and I don't see that changing well, and I'll be the same with the realtor, the real estate industry. They've been forecasting its demise for the last 20 years. Yeah. yeah. 
in, in like you know the broker industry you know, like all your Mark's comments are right on and and, and it, ultimately it's a choice like the provide the choices for the consumer and i think that's really what everyone's look, wants to really look at they want their options right so that they can make a decision on what's the best product for them and the mortgage broker provides all that and and i go back to you and your comments i do agree with about you know going back to calling and everything but also the industry itself and the brokers have done a really good job on social media promoting out the value proposition and getting more and more so i think that's creates more awareness all the time of why you should be working with a mortgage broker to help you, you know, especially considering one of your, your major financial decisions that you're making, right? Well, we have a real estate group that we meet once a month. And last month, I just spent an hour on your mortgage binder. And I said, what the hell mm -hmm. is a mortgage binder? Why do I have to deal with that? Well, if you don't want to deal with it now, you will have to deal with it when you're sitting in front of your banker or your mortgage broker. you got to have your lease agreements if you're in the investment business. you got to have all the documentation, all, as you pointed out, the various sources of income. And you have to have it already because you you enable the mortgage broker to be able to negotiate on your behalf if, if you have it all together. And the other thing is the days of calling in the morning and get the mortgage in the afternoon, those days are over, right? The banks can be, I was at the, at the developers conference and the developer, senior developer, he says, when I, I used to get a nice $50 million loan from one bank. Now I need six banks to put the loan together. So the world is changing, but it's not over. In fact, it's perhaps more interesting uh, to be a winner like you are in this mm -hmm. kind of environment. Now, I, I got to ask you, though, I know you know that question is going to come. What is the Bank of Canada doing in terms of rates this year and when? Well, that's, <laughs> if, if only we had a crystal ball, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, on both sides. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It's it's so hard to say. Everyone has a, has a different um, prediction on that. Um, I don't know if I'm I'm pessimistic or realistic. I don't think we're going to see a change until uh, at least June, and then we'll we'll maybe see a, a drop then. I think just the fact though that I don't I don't envision any more increases, Ozzy. I think they'll hold it flat, mm -hmm. and I think even that signaling that that there isn't any increases that will help with consumer confidence, and that's really what we need. You know, I was talking to someone last week and they said, it's not about, you know, we talk about the, you know, inflation and we talk about this. It really comes down to the consumer. Is the consumer comfortable with where things are at and are they, you know, are they ready to move? And, and once consumer confidence is there and we start to see things happen, the market's going to come back. The reality of it is we have, um, the federal government has huge immigration objectives and i know they're looking at you know maybe tweaking some of that but but they still have huge objectives uh we have a supply shortage in this country and after this for the last year and a bit we've got uh, pent up demand so you know the the market is going to uh it is going to rebound my 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 crystal ball my projection is 2025 and 2026 are going to be good years I think there's still opportunity though this year, like for sure, beginning of this year. And, and, and I think one of the things I think we haven't gotten the interest rates right as far as what the bank Canada was going on there, even I think Scotia, which was the most, uh, their economists was saying about eight times and it went even further than that. That was the most aggressive. And I remember back then we're all like, Oh, that's not going to happen. And so we're all wrong. Exactly. <laughs> right. But I, I do think that if the consumer, the data, it's all data driven, you know, right now, like, you know, from what the bank Canada is looking at. So 
again, we have to see how the data is. Um, but I, I'm a little more optimistic that I think they're going to come down faster and more expectations. And most economists that I've read have said that the bank prime is going to drop between one to one and a half percent this year. You know, and that's what you need. And, and again, sailing on what Mark has said, it's it's all about getting the confidence of the consumer, right? You know, and that's the whole thing. And also interest rates to make sure that if the interest rates come down lower, it's more affordability to get into the marketplace. And especially with adding on to um, you know the stress tests and qualifications that go on. So, as much as we may not like the word, but it's a psychology in the individual and in the market. It's, yeah. it's confidence is absolutely uh, very very important. The interesting thing is that we we are always so concerned with our rates, and yes, the rates are high. But when I look at the last 50 years, 45 out of those 50 years, we had a mortgage rate that was higher than 5%. In the it is only the year 2016, 17, 18, 19 that we had actually lower rates. So where we are right now, and I, I keep hearing the the sort the term whisper rates I guess if you have a really good credit rating and you're like you're over 800 and then the bank says okay bring them here we we even one one of the fellows told me on on Wednesday that he got 4.9 percent well whenever you hear the word four you're actually at below almost a 50 year high but we're so involved in the rates that at the stress test of course are much much higher I'm talking about insured mortgages. And of course, the, the lending rates. But the point that I'm trying to get at is we have to adapt to all markets. I think I mentioned to, to you once before, I had the privilege of being the president of a very large real estate company with 10,000 employees. I was on TV all the time. And I said, 11% is a good rate for the family. <laughs> I mean, <Yeah. laughs> I, I try and make sure I beat all those videos down with a stick. And, and then people saying, are you crazy? But we came from 16. So really, mm -hmm. five to seven is not the end of the world. And no. the beautiful thing is that we still want to buy real estate. You know, this morning, mm -hmm. this is uh, the end of January, but this morning I was reading that 87% of the Canadians still would rather own real estate as an investment in the stock market, even though they're piling into stock markets, seems to be it's not the individual Canadians. It's funds and, and algorithms and, and big investments. The individual still has their money preferred in uh, in real estate, but they want some certainty as to the outcome on the rates and so on. Now, I would mm -hmm. say, Mark, that our central banker said exactly that uh, last week. He said he thought June he allowed might be. Uh, and and in the United States, you have the heads of Chase, Chase Manhattan, some of the largest institutions, some of them saying it's going to go up. Then we have Bill Ackerman and his crowd, and they're all saying, is it going to go way down? And, and you sit there and say, they're looking at the same thing. But it comes mm -hmm. to a different conclusion, right? And so we in the mortgage, oh, yes, mortgage industry, yeah. you know, we just have to live with what there is today. And it still remains to be the investment of choice, as far as I'm concerned. For the average person, you're building wealth, you're building equity. And what people have to realize, it's not just the rates. You pay off the mortgage. You add equity on an ongoing basis. You know. So, anyways, it's 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 an interesting work world. <clears throat> Excuse me. What type of lenders do brokers work with other than banks? Jared, do you want? Yeah. We, well, we like you. They, there's a multitude of sources, and that's uh, like you know, along with the you know, 
Uh, we have like, you know, the major banks, TD, you know, Scotia, National, Equitable Bank, you know, Home Trust Bank coming in. Um, soon to be Bank of Montreal is going to be coming into the broker industry again there. And then we also have lenders such as First National and MCAP, Merrick's that are uh, sort of monoline lenders and that have been actually one of the things that have been broker partners for 30, 30 plus years. The majority of these lenders have been around for a very long time and very well funded and have a very unique product uh, offerings. So that's kind of where the broker comes into play again, is that about providing choice, you know, and to provide options so that the consumer can make a great decision on where they want to place their mortgage with and who to choose that. And so the broker can provide all the options available to them and provide all the terms and conditions, you know, prepayment penalties, your, your, your payment options, your flexibility, portability, assumability, all the things that are there available so that you ha are informed of making that decision the best of your ability instead of just having one option to it for you. The, um, to, to that point, like all those, those various lenders that one of the things that we talk about when we do a webinar with our network, with some of those lenders is what's your niche? What's, what sets you apart and not, there isn't one lender that has it all right. You know, some lenders it's, it's your typical mortgage. It's, uh, five, four, 10 year, whatever, uh, traditional mortgage product. We've got another lenders that they do reverse mortgages. That seems to be their, their niche. Um, we've got some institutions that focus on, on uh, HELOCs, uh, like Manulife, the Manulife One, National Bank, All-in-One, uh, Scotia Step. Like those are unique products and and maybe fit the needs of that particular client. So that again speaks to the value of of the broker is they've got line of sight on all of that. If you were a consumer and sometimes as a consumer you don't know what you want or need, right? You have to interview and ask those questions, but uh the broker can then the mortgage broker can then determine where the best place is for that client based on what they're what they're telling them. So yeah, there's the Tons of uh, a lot of a lot of lenders out there and offering a, a different set of products. Well, that's the interesting part is that you know it's all out there, but how the heck do I know who is doing what? Who's special? Yeah. Who's into, in in my niche, right? And that's why you need a professional. No question mm -hmm. about it. In in terms of the the size of the mortgage brokerage industry, is it how big is the mortgage brokerage industry as opposed to all the other? Uh, available sources the the challenge with that is there isn't a reporting mechanism that captures that on an annual basis ozzy so it is a little bit of trying to we, we we try to scope that out you know based on our knowledge of you know how much volume our company does and we're part of a of a larger you know our parent company and and as well as our competitors um Based on what we determine, uh, based on our volumes, we think about 150 to 175 uh, billion a year goes through the mortgage uh, broker space. Mm -hmm. But from an outstanding perspective, um, CMHC uh, back in November said that uh, the outstanding mortgages in Canada is about 1.96 trillion and uh, <laughs> continues to grow. Yeah. <laughs> when you consider that a trillion is a million, million dollar houses, then we're talking some big numbers. This is what I always uh, 
think that that in my own personal view, real estate will always go up because we'll always have inflation because we'll never pay back the debts. I mean, we owe the world $300 trillion. And the U.S. debt went up $4 trillion in two years and now had over $34 billion. So the only way that, in my view, they can pay it back is through uh, inflating the currency or debasing the currency, if you want. And that will have an impact on real estate. It has had that for 50 years. That's my view. So that's another reason, though, why I think that if the person worries about should I really get a 5.5% mortgage and will it be down two years from now to 2%? No, it won't. I think I'm with, I'm with you, Mike, that the rates are now found in equilibrium. And there are some saying it'll go up again if inflation keeps on going up. I doubt very much. I think they want to find this equilibrium, and I think they found it. And maybe the downturn won't be as much as, and I hope you're right, Mark, as a, as a one and a half, Mark, I mean, Jared. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, several of the forecasters say a quarter in in May or June and a quarter, nothing in a in month, and the next one in July and the next one, and that's it, three quarter of a percent. But as you said, the stock market wants eight turned, <laughs> turned out. So whatever it is, we live, you know, and certainly I know your company lives in, what um, ever the rate is, you know, that's beneficial for the client. In that regard, can you tell me, we hear A lender, then we hear B lender, then we hear private money. Does that mean the only difference in that is that it's more expensive to go with a B lender or a private money? Or? It can. It it really comes back about four or five years ago, you used to, they used to talk about risk-based pricing. And really that's... That's what we're at now, right? So you've got a, an A lender or a, a prime. They sometimes, some people refer to it as prime lending and then near prime and then private. And it really comes down to that risk-based pricing. So if if the individual, um, you know, the credit, the credit makeup, um, maybe they don't fit into the prime space. But the other thing there, Ozzy, is you have to be careful just you just can't assume that um, it's because of poor credit. It could be how their income is derived, right? Mm -hmm. So a self-employed person uh, may not qualify under the prime because it's harder to, you know, determine where that income comes from and and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it is um, our our mind initially goes to that it's it's you know, they're not paying their bills and, and stuff like that. But that's not always the case. There's, there's, it's, there's more complexity to it. There's so many factors now, mm -hmm. like, you know, required. There's so many factors to get it, like to get it at underwriting again. And, you know, so you have to be, again, working with a broker, you're, they're going to like, you have to make sure you're given all your options. <laughs> and, you know, and one of the things with like, even our lenders and Mark and the kid test this too, you need to know the story, right? Like what's like, like what's behind it, right? You know, and that's one thing I can say for consumers out there, you know, be like your broker is your, is, is your partner looking to get you the best options available to you. So work with your partner on everything that you can. And, and there's more paperwork required that's required now. So as you said, your mortgage binder, as you go back, Ozzy, which I love on that, you know, that's what you need. You need a mortgage binder and everything that go like you have there. Plus, you know, all your income, your down payment confirmation, you know, your history. So that way they, you know, the broker can work with you to provide those options available. If you have any certainty, the financial institutions wants more information and it's not personal. They want it from the big yeah. corporations. And, you know, it's not that they're expecting a disaster, but they just have to be 
<clears throat> doing a, doing a certainty kind of a book. But look, this is really very very interesting. Maybe I can bother you to walk across the country with me. I know, like in in Vancouver, we have two hundred thousand immigrants. I know Ontario attracts a lot of immigrants in Alberta. You have brokers everywhere. What what is what is your sense on uh, what do they feel? Say in Ontario, I know the sales are down there as well, but generally, are they optimistic? I would I would say going into twenty twenty four, there is more optimism, cautiously optimistic. I would say, um, you know, I think everyone everyone sees that we've maybe hit that that trough, right? And we're gonna come back out of it. Mm. Yeah, it might be a little bit slow uh, at the beginning of this year. But um, as, as Jared said, there's there's still lots of business there. But I would say that people overall are are cautious. I think cautiously optimistic is. I, I'm not sure if that's the right terminology, but I think that they're um, they're hopeful that uh, this year is going to to be a better year than than last year. How about BC? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with those comments. It's it's a positive. There's a lot more positivity. I think, you know, last year was definitely a very challenging year, you know, for everybody involved in the industries, you know, that we've had. So I think this year there's at least give me back and circle back on it's about confidence, mm. you know, again, you know, it's so in creating, taking away fear and providing some confidence. Right. And I think that's one of the key things. If the, the messaging can come from the Bank of Canada, you know, we're not going higher right? That leads to some certainty. And, and then you can make decisions, right? And I think that's the key thing is if you have at least some sort of certainty, you can make decisions on where you want to go. And I think also from anything from our, like for the mortgage brokerage industry, and there, you know, you like going back to the comments made earlier, you still got to work hard. And like, and, and it, nothing replaces that. And I don't think this year is going to be any different than that part. You're still going to have to work as hard as you've been working in the last year to go. To, to have success in that, to help your clients out and find out, you know, the best options for them. So you got to stay on top of that. But I definitely think there is a lot more optimism coming into this year for sure than last year. Just to that uh, point, Ozzy, um, you know, we've just finished our, our business and financial planning for 2024. A lot of the lenders, um, whether or not they their year end is is October 31st or December 31st, um, they they've done their financial planning as well, and the majority of the lenders as well as Verico are all projecting uh, year over year growth. So so collectively we're all optimistic that it's going to be uh, to be better. Um, and uh, the last comment I just want to make as far as Jared's point. That's one of the things that we talked to our, our network members about last year was basically getting back to the basics. And it's funny, we had, um, you know, over the last few years, because business was, you know, the real estate market saw this too. Like there was just so much business. You didn't have to work your database, right? It, it was just falling off the trees. <laughs> and uh, then all of a sudden things change and, you know, people were going, now what? And that's where we talked about getting back to basics. Actually, one of our offices said she reintroduced the phone into her office and they were doing call blitzes. And, and that was one of the things that Jared and I talked about was pick up the phone and call your database, call your clients, right? And the clients are concerned because of rates going up and everything else. They want to hear from their, their, their professional, right? They want to hear from their, their uh, mortgage broker. And that created some opportunity 
Um, and if nothing, it created, um, it will create opportunity in the future. Keep connected to your clients. So that was, that was our big thing that we talked a lot about last year was getting back to basics. Well, there's no question about it, particularly since in Ontario and in BC, the government has gotten involved in new regulations and new things agents need to do, both on real estate sales and mortgage brokerage, and the public is confused. And so just being able to talk to somebody, well, what does that mean to me? And um, mm -hmm. that is that is the most important part. Alberta is doing really well. They have a lot of immigrants. Uh, so as I think across Canada, you know, as I mentioned earlier, before we uh, taped, I was at a developers conference, 1,200 people came out, totally sold out. Lots of people that had their development stalled last fall, are dusting them off and are getting ready to relaunch. It generally is more of a, a feeling of optimism. But I think in the long run, and, and I want to finish with that, I said, I, th I think you're very fortunate in that very course, recognized in the industry and by its lender partners, you know, as being the most respected network in Canada. I think there's nothing better anybody can say to me about me that if you're most respected and you are, and for you, Mark, and you, Jared, and your team, it's something Verico can be really proud of. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ozzy, and definitely proud of our membership because our membership is the ones that make it for us. Take care. All the best. Take care. Bye. Bye.